Hi, my name is Alistair. Hi, my name is Kat, and this is Bam Pop Productions Podcast. So, we have run out of topics. Listeners, we've not been doing the pod for a while. I was on holiday. Ali was in a certain place, away from me. Yeah, he's had to get Now, I'm not saying he was in rehab, Well, but let's just say that it uh, may have been rehab. But it wasn't. It may have been, but it wasn't. Okay. Being rehabilitated after you broke me. <laughs> That's the type of rehab I was in. Ali, first of all, I've never broken you. Yeah. Either physically or mentally. Both. Okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you want to run through the headlines? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about... UK is opening up again on the 19th of July. We're Why going the 19th? to stay... Why did they pick that date? Uh, they followed the scientific evidence and that's what it told them to do. Okay. I don't know. So on the 19th, England's going to stage four of lifting lockdown. Mm-hmm. And Scotland's going to tier zero because we've decided to number them in the opposite directions. For whatever reason. And, uh, you know, there's still going to be restrictions in place. So it's just another type of restriction. Scotland's actually talking about having most of it lifted by the 9th of August. Um, That's the plan at the moment. Almost all restrictions gone by that point. Anyway, the... They review this, I can't remember if it's every two weeks or three weeks, but they review, the government reviews what policies are needed and what not. And the 12th of July, two days ago, was when the government announced that mm-hmm. what the measures were going to be in the following 19th of July. So it's five days from now, I think. I don't know how the mask wearing is going to work now. I don't think the government's sorted that yet um they've said some various things you're going to be expected to wear one it's personal decision boris johnson keeps using the phrase personal responsibility meaning it's not going to be enforced yeah it's kind of going to be that's what it sounds like to me yeah it's going to be up to everyone to use their best judgment in situations which means that no one's gonna or a majority of people probably won't well even if it's not a majority a very small number can mess it up for everyone, you yeah. know, you have, you know, on the... the super spreaders like us. Well, not like us. We haven't spread it at all, in fact. Cause, because we're so healthy and immune that we never caught anything, right? Well, we've been sick over the last year, on and off, and we... Not even when Alistair forced me to uh-huh. work a shift, listeners, and get coughed at. Wow, a day's work. Oh, yeah. That must be awful. Well, oh dear. you were sick for two weeks, and I had to endure that. Yeah, you did. You mm-hmm. did well. I was, like, sick for two days, but you were sick for two weeks, and you were lying in bed, blood clots. I had one blood clot, and it was superficial, and it was fine. Yeah, but you acted like you were dying, Alistair. I was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was a bit more than that, or the way you were acting. Okay, we digress. Okay, so personal responsibility in masks. So Boris Johnson was saying it's going to be up to everyone to use their best judgment, the common sense of the British public. And, you know, two days later, (laughs) two days later, you've got these images of the England-Italy final 
And I don't know if you saw the photo, but there was a man with a flare up his bottom. What? He just put a flare up his bottom as he was walking through Leicester Square. Well, you know what I want to know? Was it lit or not? Yeah, it was lit, yeah. No, what? Yeah. But... So that's what the England fans did. That would up. explode inside you. No, flares don't explode. They just shoot but out they smoke go... and fire. Yeah, but wouldn't that hurt, like... Oh, yeah, you'll get third-degree burns. You just won't get uh, so know, blown up. So he gave himself third-degree burns because his country lost a match? No, this was before the match when they thought they were going to win. I guess they knew Why they were going to win. Why would you want to hurt yourself if you're on a high and you think your country's going to win, though? Well, that's the common sense of the British people. <laughs> that Meaning we're that now the relying British... on, on the, after the 19th. I can't believe that those people ran in it. <laughs> That, like, spanned for how long yeah. the British Empire was officially? A couple hundred years? Or a hundred years? I forget, but... They vary... It depends... Like, it's one of those things where I think there's the... Was it the first British Empire? Middle British Empire? Third. And then the final one? Yeah. Well, maybe. The final. Because the Commonwealth became a thing in the 1950s. Yeah. But the Commonwealth was basically that the UK didn't tell these countries mm. how how to run themselves but although that was when it officially ended i don't know when it officially begun um okay so we digress but i was answering yeah you, i think i saw i've seen from the um, 1500s 16th century some people would like argue that the That's a really earliest british empire could be the 16th century yeah okay so that the travel abroad begun ships but it, it varies, um, depending on who you speak to and who you ask, so, yeah. 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 I think that the main thing most people think of is the Pax Britannia, which is where Britain was so powerful that it just kept peace everywhere. Like, there were no wars. Well, I mean, not no wars, Blue but... Britannia. Britannia. Let's not... Why, you're a Scots nationalist. Yeah. Let's but... go back to what we were talking about, the masks. Good song. It's got a good tune. Let's yeah. go back to the masks. So they're going to rely on the public. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. common sense. I don't think people are going to... Because to be honest with you, does anyone really like wearing a mask? And generally people in the UK didn't wear masks prior. No. So I don't think... It's going to really work in the context of people continuing to wear masks. And it was never really enforced in Scotland, though, was it? So we'll have to wait and see. There's a few things could happen. Um, cases are starting to rise up quite steadily. Um, really? That, the new variant? Yes, yeah. Um, people are starting to mix again. Fewer people are following all the rules. However, a combination of both vaccinations... And the health service now having better therapeutic treatments available for patients. Um, while the, the number of cases is going up, the number of people who are being hospitalised or dying is staying much, much lower. So we'll have to wait and see. It might just be that we can get a bit lucky with it. And it turns out that even though people... Oh, there's a cough coming. <coughs> there we go. That's the new variant in action. You okay? Yeah. You sure? 
It's just something really got caught there. Oh, God. Okay. Go on. So, yeah, just that. Um, I think that the new variant is spreads a lot, but maybe it's less lethal. <coughs> you okay? Mm -hmm. That sounds nasty. Let drink? me take a sip of my water. I don't suppose you could get me some water. Yeah. You have to keep talking though. You can't have dead air. There's water in there. Really? Okay. So this is how, yeah, this is the first sign of COVID. Listeners, I'm not sick. Don't stop listening. <laughs> Don't send me out into the cold. I'll be better. I'll be good. I'm fine, listeners. And I know you're all concerned about me. All none of you that are listening. Five. We have an audience of five. How do you, what? Yeah. You can tell that? Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. You're picking that number out of thin air. No. Anyway. Delta variant. Well, I was talking about something else, but yeah, let's talk about Delta variant if you want. What were you talking about? That's exactly what you were talking about. Nah, I was just saying that... <coughs> okay. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh dear God. I mean, to be fair, we're only nine minutes in. Yeah. That's a record time for me not to ruin things. Yeah, not anything, really. Shut up! Whoa! You've been gone for how long? And as soon as you're back, you're having a go at me. After I've kept the house clean and the cat alive. You haven't really. You didn't really clean it up at all since I, everything's exactly where I left it. Uh, excuse, actually, I did. Did you? Yes, I wiped the countertops down and I vacuumed. But you haven't moved anything on the floor. I showered. Oh, Ali, the Hoover was upstairs and I brought that down to Hoover. Okay. My God, I can't believe you've been gone for more than a week, and this is the welcome back I get. Now the listeners want something interesting to listen to. Well, I should be the one welcomed back if we've been away for a week. We were welcomed back. Yeah. We won't talk about specifics of how. Well, no, I wasn't. And how were you not? Well, you said I came in the door, and I said, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's fuck. Ali, you didn't. And you, you were came like, in, you were very sweaty and you were very tired. And then you were like... And you had a very cold Diet Coke. And then you were like, oh, I need to watch a television show. That was after an hour of talking to you. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> what are you... Ali, nothing of what you've just said happened. You came in, I welcomed uh -huh. you with open arms, I gave you loads of hugs and kisses, and you got a cold Diet Coke. Oh yeah. So actually, nothing of what you just said happened is all in your head. That was quite right. No, you're quite right about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly what happened. I like that cold diet coke. Why are you looking so sad? I just completely misremembered that, and it only happened a few hours ago. That's well, amazing. more than a few hours ago. That's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. Listen, so, so... how do you foresee kind of us what returning I was to normal? Okay. is that... Uh, did he pull that face? I wasn't, I wasn't talking over you. I was just trying to finish what I was saying about how... 
Maybe there's a chance we don't need the common sense of the British public to get <laughs> Maybe... Because it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, maybe the combination of the, um, you know, the vaccines and also... Yawns. Yeah, maybe the combination of the vaccines and kind of the medical community being better at treating severe cases might be enough to keep uh, keep us low, even if infection rates go up. So I'm not sure. But um, are we any closer to herd immunity in any country? We should be. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. But hopefully, it's been here for ages. hopefully the herd immunity starts to kick in as well. And um, the thing is, though, that. The herd immunity is going to be harder to achieve because the vaccination doesn't prevent you from spreading it to other people or even catching it yourself. It just makes the symptoms much, much less. So if you've been vaccinated, you can still spread it onto other people, which is true of some vaccines, but not others. So the herd immunity becomes a difficult thing to get. Like, you know, something like the... You know, Vaccination against measles, for example, it prevents you from catching it and certainly prevents you from spreading it on to other people. So you can really talk about, in a very meaningful way, herd immunity, where so many people have immunity through vaccination that the disease just can't get a foothold and spread. Um, all of that is changing now with more and more people refusing to vaccinate against it. Are uh, there an increasing number of people in the UK that are refusing to vaccinate against it? Measles, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant... No, I was just saying this is like herd immunity is easier to achieve with those types of vaccinations. Um, I don't know I mean, how... is there a reason why... I assume that people are afraid for some reason... But it's not... About the, the vaccinations now? It's not the lack of people getting the vaccination mm -hmm. against COVID. It's the way the vaccine works. There are some vaccines okay. which prevent you from catching the disease altogether... Which ones are those? As I said, measles would do that. So you don't catch the disease at all when you're vaccinated against it. It's 100% effective. Not 100% effective, but the thing is you don't get any disease. Like You don't get a mild measles disease when you're vaccinated against it. And you're not contagious with it if, you, if you've been vaccinated. Oh God, it's not a contagious disease then. It is contagious, but if you've been vaccinated, you can't spread it. Is my point. And it tends to affect That's kids. measles, yeah. The the issue with that is, so yeah, that's the case with measles, but the case with the COVID vaccine is that you can still catch the disease and you can still spread it to other people even when you've been vaccinated. So Because it's airborne. Mm, well measles is airborne as well. It's just the way the vaccine works that makes that. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying that herd immunity might be a bit more tricky with this one because the vaccines don't prevent people from catching it as such. They just make the symptoms less. Well, surely there's also an argument, though, Ali. Surely there's also an argument for the fact that the longer the virus kicks about, the less effective that it becomes. It becomes less stronger. Maybe. I don't think that's a guarantee from what I understand. Like, it, there's a possibility that it is, but like that happened with the Spanish flu. It just, the new variants that kicked about were less effective than the other ones, but... Less, less harmful Lethal, sorry, less lethal. Um, yeah, because that flu hit after the First World War and yeah. a lot of people... I mean, imagine surviving the First yeah, World right. War and then you go home and you're like, yeah, I'm home. 
But and then half the family's dead from dead, the flu. Or, like, you die from the flu. But just to say, once again, the, the, the thing with COVID is that it may end up, the variants may become less lethal over time, but they may not. They may become more deadly over time. They, you know, it can do it. There's no guarantee that it goes in a less lethal mm-hmm. direction. Um... I think there is or it some, kicks about until the end of time. This is it. I think there is some pressure, or like evolutionary pressure on viruses, I think that... To evolve, to well, mutate. They will do that anyway, but what I'm saying is I think... My understanding from one or two articles I read at the start, and actually my brother pointed me to read about this, is that there is something of a trade-off in viruses where... It's hard to become more contagious and also more deadly. So normally they'll like go up and down. So the more contagious one becomes, it typically becomes more less deadly. So if it's more contagious, it's less deadly. And obviously the more contagious a variant is, the more it kicks out all the other variants and becomes the dominant one. So hopefully it does, mm. like, the, the one that wins will become increasingly more contagious, but also um, decreasingly lethal. Um, I don't think that's a guarantee though, and given that um, the coronavirus is far more zootonic, what that does that mean? They zootonic. can spread to animals than influenza, and typically when viruses make the jump from one species to the other, that's when they become, that's when they pick up particularly deadly elements. Um, well, originally they were supposed to come from bats. Oh, this is it. But as you've seen with them, um, but you know, bats corona... do very well with the virus. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they do. They do really well with it. They have um, very powerful immune systems that like go mental, kind of attacking both the bat cells as well as the viruses. But the pro- bats are doing great. Yeah, but they produce a natural um, kind of anti-inflammatory to prevent the bat body from being destroyed, whereas humans don't really have that. So, in fact, most of the damage from the virus comes from the, our own bodies, like fighting it rather than the thing. But just to say, you know, this is a virus that can spread. You know, we've seen cases in cats, we've seen it in bats. Um, they remember the mink farmers in Denmark had to kill their crops because their their not crops their like there was like this huge cull of minks yeah because the virus can spread to them and it's a natural reservoir. It's when the virus though jumps from like animal to human and back again, that's when you can get incredibly deadly variations of it. Um, and you can also create like a reservoir of the virus so it can live in a population of animals and just spend a while there and then just pop back over to humans. When will it end? When will it return to normal? <laughs> Maybe a long-term thing or... Well, I don't think the virus is going to go away, but the question is though, are we still going to continue to be the way that yeah. we are with restrictions, occasional lockdowns, masks, like you said? I was talking to this about um about this with my father actually. I, I think when it comes to something like furlough especially, um and support for businesses. I you know, I'm I'm a big advocate for like a welfare state and having a good welfare system for people. 
but the way that industries are kind of being subsidised almost unlimitedly and forever seems a bit ridiculous to me. Um, I think one of the good things, one of the good things about capitalism especially, is that it's very adaptable and it can move quickly to change like the way an economy works so um if one business like it, let's say you've got three businesses that sell ice cream and you're at the high street of a town and for whatever reason you can't get the materials to make ice cream you know if one of those business owners adapts and starts selling another product that does well the other two will go out of business and he'll survive and then that will become the kind of new default business and like capitalism just adapts really well it's like competition where people are allowed to succeed or fail really allows people to create solutions to problems and i kind of feel that i, I think subsidizing industries and furlough was really good at the start because we didn't know but if covid is going to be a long-term thing I think we need to start allowing people and businesses to fail and the people that can adapt to the new world should be the ones that are allowed to survive like so survival of the fittest yeah that's kind of how cap that's when capitalism is at its best like that is there's a lot of shitty things the about capitalism evolutionary process yeah yeah exactly there's some really shitty things about capitalism but that's kind of one of the things that does pretty well and at the you moment you would say that's a positive yeah of capitalism yeah and I think it the, weeds out the weak, if you will, or like not the weak, but those that particularly were not successful in business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the people that are best, the businesses that are best adapted to the situation and best adapt to the situation get to survive. And the ones that don't go out of business, so keep everything efficient. But that doesn't work when government's giving unlimited amounts of money to all businesses to succeed. You don't get competition and then you don't, businesses don't have to work hard to figure out, like, oh, the government will just keep giving me money. Like, well, okay. But then... The culture of dependency sometimes yeah. is created. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think that when it comes to... Yeah, when it comes to things like this, I would like to see I'd like to see the economy starting to get back on track um, well, I think that we all would people being allowed to create businesses that you know that you need to let some of these businesses start failing to let people it is um, some of these businesses need to be allowed to fail now so that better businesses can either take their place or the people that are managing or owning them have a chance to um, figure out how they're going to adapt and actually change it. You know, some parts of the economy will not be the same as they were before COVID. Other ones will do okay, but we need to start going through that process now. Um, it's just really weird that you'd have a Conservative government this keen on propping up, you know, forever. <laughs> Actually, I never really thought about it, but you're right. I mean, this is more so. Why have they been doing this more socialist than what Jeremy Corbyn was proposing for that? Like, this is more public. And yet, Corbyn was thrown under the bus for everything like that. But look at the Conservatives. They're like being hailed as the saviors and the messiahs. So, what does that tell you about the politics that is fine for one party, one second, much depending on the circumstances, and it's fine for the next? Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got that to look forward to. We've got the 19th of July and everyone on this island is going to be... Their whole lives are going to be dependent on common sense in the British public. And all you need to do is look at England fans in Leicester Square. And the fact that someone had a flare up their arse. There's a few naked guys. There was a guy naked upside down being like, you know, held up like a statue. Like, what? Someone was so... But was this guy really small or something that was being held up upside down? I don't know. It's just a guy. Um, he had massive balls and like... He had massive balls? Yeah. I mean, it's like... If that's the common sense of the British public, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> we're snickered. No, completely. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end up. As I say, maybe we'll get lucky with it. But I think just that phrase relying on the common sense of the British public. like, And I actually don't think it's even a common sense thing. I think we've done this libertarian idea for so long in the UK and kind of pushed, like, personal responsibility there's no community we're not really helping each other anymore um society doesn't help and actually there's a lot of people in the country that just don't have a stake in society they don't have and it's really weird to well they don't care or they might be so indifferent just as long as their own personal needs are met they're not really that interested i think that's true but uh, yeah and i think that like you can't really turn around to people after years of not helping or like so I guess the thing is like over the last few generations mm-hmm. um, we've moved away from like heavy industry to more kind of service based economy and a lot of people were left by the wayside in that transformation particularly people that were older in towns yeah, yeah, but right. specifically to do with industries, I think, rather than location. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a few generations later, there's people that, you know, there isn't really a tremendous amount of support there. Um, there's no stake in the system or society. And it's like now you're turning around saying, oh, we need you to show personal responsibility for the system that never cared about you. It's like, why would anyone do like? If you don't have a stake in society, like, if you don't care about the economy... If... Then why would you care about that? Yeah, like... It's, it's not an on and off switch. Yeah. It's not just, like, they can suddenly turn on and be like, yeah, great. I mean, there are... <laughs> Never cared before, but okay. Societies in the world and cultures in the world where you have a lot of personal responsibility, perfect, in your day-to-day life. Um, like you... North Korea because the kids really push <laughs> okay. self-reliance the point that they had a famine and they never helped their own people I wonder why oh because a weak people cannot be a revolutionary people <laughs> and then go against the Kims because everyone in the 90s that was poorer which was everyone apart from the Kims was like this. Uh, seriously like their famine like yeah, no. a couple of million people died, died. like they literally massive. starved to death yeah and in fact, some people, and I, I know this is going to haunt. No, literally, like I read, some people yeah. ate family members that had died. Yeah. They actually were driven mad, like driven to cannibalism. It was horrendous. That was the fall of the Soviet Union. A lot of the that clients in, yeah, like really struggled at yeah. that time. Because um, they were really dependent. On, like you mentioned, the Soviet Union. Yeah, but I wasn't. I, I wasn't so much <laughs> thinking about. That I know as a great you, bad example. boy. 
I was thinking, it's not a good example. Okay, guys, forget I said that. North Korea is not a good example. So I was thinking more, um, maybe something like Japan if we're in that kind of eastern highly, area. A highly but developed country. Highly developed and also... In a very short amount of time, actually. But also, yeah, yeah, incredibly short amount of time. But also, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's massive or perfect, but just a little bit more than we have here. You have... You have expectations of the people around you, and even in something like public, in public, you can rely on certain behaviours of people not really to be too much of a mom to you, like to kind of be sort of chill, and you're expected to do that as well, it's quite frowned upon if you don't. You know, people care enough about their place within the society. So manners. Yeah, I think so. But I lack think, of another word. I do manners. think that I think that's perfectly right. I think manners is yeah. It, it, that's kind of what I'm talking what about. What binds society in yeah. a lot of ways. And I think people really feel the expectation that they provide that to the society. Whereas I think here, there's so many people just don't care. I think it's been made that way over a few generations. Like. I mean, I just, you know, what can we do now about it, Ali? Yeah, it, but it's just, I always find it funny when you don't care about a group of people or something and then you demand something from them. It's like, I remember at the start of this um, whole thing, um, like the boomer generation was talking to millennials about how they should pick <laughs> up this slack for... What did the, the boomers do? Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> hang on a second. Like, what's up with these house prices? What What have you done to our environment and mm -hmm. to, you know, petrochemicals and that? And it's like, you can't now turn around and say, oh, I need a favour. Like, yeah, it's almost like they're saying, well, well because we're old, we well, can't do anything. Yeah. Which is quite, okay, well, I, I, I don't know whether age sometimes for not, for not, being productive is a reason or an excuse. I mm. think it depends. Yeah. But let's be honest. I think often it's an excuse. Totes. Totes my groats. Totes my loats. Well. Um, I guess that's us at the end. Um, it is. It was a lot of fun. A bit too much fun. I really miss doing my podcast with Mr. Hodgson. Yeah, and I've actually really missed. Me. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. I love you. Do you have to sound so artificial? Yeah, yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like you couldn't even fake like, yeah, I've totally missed you. <coughs> Ali! Sorry. What? Are we still doing the podcast? Oh. Yes! Well, let's say goodbye then. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Cat and Bam Pop Productions podcast. Oh, we did that wrong. You do it. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. And bye from Bandpop Productions Podcast. Bye. bye. <laughs>